Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and hope you're enjoying your weekend. It's a historic time in Lexington, which is already so rich in history that it was once known as the Athens of the West. Fast forward to 2021 and history is unfolding again. The city is dealing with a deadly pandemic, which has also upended the economy and kept kids out of school. There's been social strife from police training to anti-Semitic acts to a record number of homicides in the city in 2020. Some new members are joining the Urban County Council and there is a new fire chief in town. Lexington Mayor Linda Gordon is leading the city and living through these times with all of us and she joins us here on Kentucky Newsmakers. Good to see you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Bill. Good to be here. Well, we've made it to 2021, uh, uh, but a lot of the problems of the old year are chasing us into the new one. And the pandemic, of course, uh, Mayor, has changed everything. So uh, we acknowledge the death toll, the large number of cases, and then ask, what is the strategy to get the city through it? And you're making a move on that right now with a new task force, right? Yeah, yes, and this is super important. First of all, people need to realize we're going to be in the pandemic for a few more months. Uh, we've got to get uh, enough people, around 75, 80% of our people vaccinated or we will not get that herd immunity. So uh, just this week, I stood up a vaccine task force and we're very uh, intentional and focused on this. Um, Dr. Craig Humball will co-chair it with Chuck Mix. Chuck is a logistics expert. He has worked in logistics practically his whole uh, life and has experience with several of our largest companies here. You know, the federal government bought all the vaccines and then they send them to the state and then the state sends them to the cities. So we can't control that part, but the part we can control is having a really good plan for our own citizens to get vaccinated. So we're working really hard on a transparent, safe, efficient mm. process where everybody will know when it's their turn. Mayor, were you surprised that this failed to you to, to you know, essentially come <laughs> up with a strategy to, to get the vaccinations out? We had this amazing scientific breakthrough with the vaccines, and then there's a lot of frustration in, the, in getting those administered quickly. Yes, lots of frustration. We've actually had a lot of people calling our office saying, when can I get the vaccine? Yeah, I was a little surprised, you know, but uh, this past year has taught me that anything can happen. So when we learned that it was going to be up to the cities to plan for their vaccinations, we hit the, you know, hit the ground running and uh, our team will be really high level planning and we'll get all this information out to people. We've got a great communications team and it's really important for people to be patient because we'll each get our turn and just to kind of hang in there a little bit longer. And you know, right when you get the vaccine doesn't mean you can take your mask off. Right. We have to have everybody vaccinated. That'll take till probably June or July. Do you have any hint on what this effort might look like? I mean, are we talking large scale, uh, large scale clinics? Uh, I know they do. They're having one at Broadbent Arena in Louisville. Uh, in some cases, people are saying, "Well, you know, get it out to the pharmacies and, and the mm -hmm. uh, the private uh, doctors and and those providers." 
Uh, what do you think Lexington's uh, strategy for getting people vaccinated will ultimately look like as soon as you can get this uh, uh, committee up and running? Well, uh, that the things that you mentioned are all in play. Right now, CVS and Walgreens are vaccinating our nursing home folks. And right now, there is a large clinic going on at Consolidated Baptist. Uh, they, they are vaccinating healthcare workers. We've had a large clinic at the fire training station where we vaccinated first responders. We have already vaccinated several thousand healthcare workers, first responders, and nursing homes. This is ongoing, that's the first tier. Our citizens can expect uh, large areas where sites where they can go and get vaccinated, but they'll have to register ahead of time. You know, it's real important to keep the records so that we know when everybody's due for their second vaccine, right? And I also want to have a historical record. You know, that's very important. Heaven forbid we'd ever have to do this again, but we need to not reinvent the wheel, right? So all of that is in play and pharmacies will be involved. Our task force has met once already and we have a lead pharmacist from UK who's part of our task force. You know, it's, it's filled with knowledgeable people who are going to help us get there. So we're, we're pretty pumped up about it. It's one of the biggest challenges a mayor will ever have. Well, certainly. And the other side is the economics. Uh, Mayor, how much uh, economic collateral damage is there from the, the shutdowns and the pandemic? You know, Lexington was, we, we were rolling right along when things hit. And there was, of we, course, this vibrant restaurant scene. And uh, now, you know, there's a lot of despair among, especially many in the hospitality industry. Yeah. How long will it now, take our, to climb out? Well, you know, uh, in February, our unemployment rate was about 3%. Right. We were on a roll. And uh, you will recall that when April, the April shut, shutdown came, our unemployment went up to about 35%. Our budget numbers plummeted because we're so highly dependent on our occupational license fee and our net profits from our businesses. So we based the current budget on a $40 million shortfall. That's, that's pretty bad, right? Yeah. And we, for the first time, had to dip into our rainy day fund to help us with our budget. Now, we have received CARES money from the federal government, and without that, we would not have made it. I mean, I just need to be blunt about that. And so what that enabled us to do, my focus right away was first help the community because we had all those people unemployed and businesses closed. And so we have spent many millions of dollars helping our community. We have spent about, um, you, you will remember evictions were a huge issue and they still are. And we spent about so far a million dollars on eviction rental assistance so that families wouldn't get tossed out of their home because they couldn't pay their rent. And that goes to, to the huge. renters or to the, to the landlords? 
yes the uh, the landlord it's it involves landlords and renters mm -hmm. and can I say the site because we've streamlined the process and yes. I know people still need help the site if you need eviction help is covid 19 renterhelp.org and I encourage people to go there and fill out the forms and get help because we still have a lot of money that we can put toward evictions and this is high on our priority list. Mayor, at this time, do you believe that the city of Lexington needs additional federal assistance in order to, uh, uh, to keep rolling along here? Can you make it without it? <clears throat> Excuse me, you got me choked up there, Bill. <laughs> um, well, we have received, in December, we, we received two more million dollars from the federal stimulus, and we know we're going to receive more eviction money. Uh, local governments are in this latest stimulus bill. We think that will help us get over the hump. And we have, my team has managed the money very well. And I want to say that uh, very proudly because we had, we had the challenge of a lifetime with our budget. And we have managed well. The current budget is not down quite as much as we thought it would be. We've still got about two more years of challenge with our budget. So um, our, we really appreciate the federal stimulus money we have gotten. We've used it well. We've given small business grants. We've, as I said, given the eviction money. We've helped lots of nonprofits. So we were thankful for that. We're, we're working it pretty well. Uh, I'm hearing you that. say things are, are, are stable. Fair to say? Oh, yes. Things are stable. I am uh, convinced we're going to come out of this in a positive mode. It won't be this year. And I, I think that's important for our public to understand. We've still got to manage our money as if, you know, we're back there counting every penny, right? And it's our taxpayers' money. So I'm dedicated to that, and my team is also. Mayor, let me ask you this. You know, there has uh, been this uh, ribbon of strife running through these recent months in, in so many ways. We had the, the unrest in Louisville after Breonna Taylor's death. It brought demonstrations and some discussions in Lexington. You appointed a commission to look into police training and equity and uh, economic uh, opportunity. Uh, do you now have a blueprint to make a difference there? We do. We have the commission recommendations were vetted by every one of our commissioners internally. And so they went through and created a template, which ones are short term, which ones are long term, which ones require money, which require state legislation, those kinds of things. And we've already uh, been bringing things before the council. We are about to bring uh, to them after, you know, in a couple weeks or another month or so, the implicit bias training for our own 3,000 plus government workers. What that does is it helps you recognize your stereotypes. We all have stereotypes. And whether you're using stereotypes to make decisions, it's, it's very important to recognize that in yourself. And so we're moving forward on that. That was a recommendation. We're moving forward on a permanent commission 
for um, racial justice. That is in the works. Um, we are moving forward on several of those recommendations, and I can't thank enough the citizens who worked on that for us. Because if you don't have a plan and a blueprint, you cannot reach any goals. It was a busy year for the uh, police department. Certainly in 2020 had the most homicides of any year, and the record before that was 2019. Mm -hmm. How concerned are you about that trend? Well, of course, I'm very concerned. We had 34 homicides in 2020, and that is a record for us. We think there are more teenagers involved, which is a sad state of affairs. We have ramped up some programs like One Lexington to tackle that issue. We haven't quite seen the bump up that many cities have seen. There are many cities across the country who've seen much more uh, higher bump in homicides, but it is concerning to us. We have a relatively high uh, rate of solving them. In other words, finding the person who uh, committed the homicide. It's a constant effort. Our police chief, Chief Weathers, our, all of our public safety are on it every day. And so we're going to keep trying to bring that down. It takes citizen help, though, Bill. Right. We need citizens who have information to come forward and, and help us understand what they saw, who they saw, so we can solve those. And, and the homicide, you know, that's one metric and uh, certainly uh, the worst of the metrics. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of concerns about violence in the city, shootings in neighborhoods, two children uh, injured recently in gunfire, one of them blinded. Uh, what's happening out there? Yes, there, there are more random just shots fired is what they call it. And it's I think part of it, just my sense is, part of it is a symptom of what has happened in 2020. People are, people are having a hard time dealing with this pandemic. And so that's a bit of an issue. And then we've got to get our, you know, at some point our children back in school and children, including our teenagers. And, you know, people are dealing with this in different ways. And in many ways, there are a lot of mental issues coming forward and being manifest. So we still, again, need help from our community. Our police are very concerned about this and are working every day on it. Uh, Laura Hatfield in my office with One Lexington works every day on this kind of violence. And we, are a growing city. You know, you throw that in the mix, we continue to grow through this pandemic. And you, you have also uh, spoken out about and raised concerns about uh, some of the anti-Semitic acts that we have seen uh, recently in town as well, which is another disturbing thing. Uh, and many in the faith the community and others have, have been very disturbed by that. Yes, it's a, it is I mean, just quite honestly, it's terrible. There's no place for that. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's a manifestation of people taking their biases and acting on them. And, you know, whether it's racial slurs or anti-Semitic actions or slurs, it's, it's just not how we should be treating other people.
I mean, I wasn't raised that way. Lots of people here weren't raised that way. We're not known for that. So that message needs to keep going out, that that is not acceptable here. Lexington Mayor Linda Gorton is with us. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. We'll ask her a few more questions, uh, some comings and goings in uh, City Hall. And we're back on Kentucky Newsmakers in a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers as we visit with Lexington Mayor Linda Gorton and talk about a lot of issues uh, going on in the city and appreciate uh, her candor with uh, many of the things that uh, the city is facing. Uh, you had an interesting Christmas break, Mayor. You told us you got uh, a new knee, right? <laughs> I did. I got a total knee replacement. I'm good for 20 more years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you're doing okay with that. Uh, Lexington has a new fire chief, and uh, you looked uh, all over the country, and you came home and found somebody right there uh, already as an assistant chief. Yes, we did a national search, and uh, lo and behold, uh, Chief Jason Wells, right here at home, is our new, new chief. He's wonderful. He's 25 years on our fire department, which, as everybody knows, is one of the best in the country. He has the experience, the leadership, the training. He's highly respected by his firefighters. I heard this over and over when they found out he was in the process of of interviewing and he he will take us into the future very well um we've got a lot of challenges you know he'll uh we have all these vaccines to administer and his paramedics will be involved in that we've got budget challenges as we talked about and um, it's not an easy road, but he will be a wonderful leader. I have great confidence in him, and he's he's uh, he's awesome. He's in his first. He's about finished his first week. All right. Well, uh, and everybody wishing him well. Uh, some yeah. new members on the uh, new council, and uh, some old faces uh, departing after time. So that's always a, a a bittersweet time when you have some uh, new members, but also maybe some new ideas, right? Yes. Oh, I think so. We lost two longtime council members, uh, council member Masadi and council member Farmer, who had lots of depth and experience. We've gained the sixth, the third, the fifth, and they bring new, fresh perspectives. And I think that's always a good thing, you know? And um, so I'm looking forward to working with them. I met with each of them after the election and really enjoyed uh, our conversations. So. Councilman Chuck Ellinger Sr. passed away mm -hmm. in uh, December, fondly remembered uh, as much as anything for the way he treated people, you know? And I yeah. think when you, 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 we're in a time like this, uh, you really, uh, really uh, come to value uh, people who had that, that way with others. Yes, I, I, you know, I describe him as he was just a plain good man, you know, mm -hmm. he served his community, he served the College of Dentistry at the University of Kentucky, he was, he was greatly admired by all kinds of people. So uh, we do value that in our community. You know, uh, we've talked about uh, that it, it'll be a few more months. The, the masks will be part of our lives for a, a, a time yet to be determined. And uh, we do have the vaccines and there's hope out there. What is it that you most look forward to, to being able to do when this is uh, finally behind us? Well, there are two things right, right off the top of my head. I want to go out to dinner with my friends. Right. I really enjoy doing that. My husband and I, you know, that's 
something we like. And then I want to be able to travel to see my family, my children, my grandchildren. I have five grandchildren. And, you know, we didn't get together for either holiday. And um, that's hard for families. And just to get out and talk to people. And I'm sort of a hugger. So, you know, I, I want to give some of my good friends a big hug. Right. <laughs> At least a handshake, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I first came into office, just real quickly, the first thing I did as a nurse was have hand sanitizer put on every conference table. That was uh, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, we're still using it. <laughs> there you go. Mayor, I want to thank you very much uh, for uh, taking some time and uh, getting us up to date and uh, getting us into this uh, new year. We'll see how it all goes, right? Right, very good. Thank you for having me, Bill. We appreciate it. And we hope you'll stay with us on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll be back. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. The nation is now counting COVID cases by the tens of millions. Many hospitals are reaching breaking points and new coronavirus strains could keep infections spiraling out of control. Our chief national political analyst Greta Van Susteren explains. Hello, I'm Greta Van Susteren and here is your full court fast break. The nation ravaged by pandemic passing one grim milestone after another. This week, the U.S. topping 21 million confirmed COVID infections, setting new records for daily deaths and hospital cases. In California's Los Angeles County, a COVID patient dies every 15 minutes. Hospital ICUs there are at full capacity. Ambulance crews have stopped transporting people with low chance of survival. In Arizona, several hospitals are operating at over 120% of licensed bed capacity. And Rhode Island, the smallest state in the nation, has one of the highest infection rates in the world. Now the deadly coronavirus mutating. Experts have already found two new and more contagious strains. The new strains do not appear to increase the risk of death and severe illness, but it's unclear how well the new COVID vaccines will work against them. One new strain emerged in the UK, and already the new strain has been detected here in the US and nearly 40 other countries. The other variant was identified in South Africa and is making its way around the globe. Meanwhile, the CDC says it is trying to boost the coronavirus genome sequencing so it can look for new mutations. Want more Full Court Press? Tune in Sunday. We bring politics home, covering the national stories that impact you. And remember that you can catch Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren this morning at 11.30 on WKYT. Before we go, the events at the Capitol on Wednesday have shaken many, and people across the country are calling for action. Kentucky's leaders have weighed in on the issue. U.S. Representative Andy Barr was in his office when things got violent. Police officers moved him to an undisclosed location. Barr says he understands that some people were frustrated with the 2020 election, but what happened Wednesday, he says, was wrong. We resolve our differences at the ballot box and through our democratic institutions, uh, not through violence, uh, whether it was storming the Capitol or uh, some of the events that we've seen in Portland uh, over the summer and, and other cities. 
Barr says the coming days are a chance for Americans to pull together. Many of Kentucky's other members of Congress shared their thoughts on Twitter. Representative Thomas Massey initially tweeted, quote, I'm safe. The day after the incident, he advocated for lawmakers to be able to carry guns at the Capitol. He tweeted, quote, the next member who argues congressmen shouldn't be allowed to carry firearms at work needs to be laughed out of the Capitol. Several of us were glad to be armed while barricaded for hours in our offices with our staff. Democratic Representative John Yarmouth tweeted that he was safe and added, this is not who we are as Americans. Later, he said President Trump needs to be removed from office. Thursday, he said in a tweet, quote, I know it's been said and should go without saying, but it can't be said enough. If police met a black mob breaking windows at the Capitol, we'd still be cleaning up blood today. Senator Rand Paul tweeted, quote, violence and mob rule is wrong and un-American, and it will not bring about election reform. Today's mayhem sets back any intelligent debate for a generation. Just stop it, end quote. The next quote he tweeted said, I hope as the nation's anger cools, we can channel that energy into essential electoral reforms in every state. Representative Barr said in a statement later, today's events at the U.S. Capitol are tragic, outrageous, and devastating. What is happening at the Capitol is not who we are as a nation. It needs to stop now. Representative Hal Rogers said in a statement, quote, violence is never the answer. As my staff and I safely shelter in place, I'm appalled to see Americans storming the Capitol in an effort to disrupt our very foundation of democracy, end quote. All of the carnage in the Capitol did not stop the counting of electoral votes. When the voting began, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky addressed his colleagues on the Senate floor. We will not be kept out of this chamber by thugs, mobs, or threats. We will not bow to lawlessness or intimidation. We are back at our posts. We will discharge our duty under the Constitution and for our nation. The senator added and that this process has taken uh, place every four years, even during times of hardship and war. That is Kentucky Newsmakers. We do want to thank you for joining us and, of course, invite you to join us bright and early this week for WKYT This Morning, for Mid-Morning at 10, and for WKYT News at Noon. We have updates always for you on WKYT.com, and you can follow me for some of the political happenings in Kentucky News on KY Newsmakers on Twitter. And that is our program for today. Thank you for joining us, and you make it a good week ahead.